there, my name is Dolly Sen. I'm a writer, filmmaker, artist, activist, and sometimes I even perform my work. A few years ago, I went through my patient notes, and you know what? I could not recognise myself. I couldn't see the dolliness of Dolly. The language in it was awful, it was demeaning, it was pathologising. There was no human being there. So, a few years later, I decided to apply for some funding to do some work around this. And luckily, I got some funding from Unlimited and the Welcome Collection to explore the archives, the mental health archives at the Welcome, which is predominantly, or would say 90%, from the professional voice, not from the survivor voice. In October of 2022, I talked about what it was like to be gay in the mental health system, historically. Here is my talk. I am queer in the head. I was a teenager in the 1980s, the decade Margaret Thatcher said I could not be gay. It was also the time I couldn't understand what was happening to me, thanks to Section 28. The law is named after Section 28 of the Local Government Act 1988, enacted on 24th of May 1988. The amendment stated that a local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. This meant I didn't see any people who were similar to me and I didn't have any role models. Heterosexuality was compulsory. The world was heteronormative. Heteronormativity means that heterosexuality is the preferred and privileged orientation in the world. If you don't believe that, just think about it. You have conversations, oh, look at this beautiful engagement reel. Oh, look at that white dress. I want to wear it for my wedding. Oh, when do you, do you think you'll have children? The straight world is everywhere. Straights, the heterosexuals in love everywhere on TV, cinema, theatre, ad posters, art. They can hold hands on the street without death threats. They have sparkly, glittery parental pride at weddings and engagements. And us queer kids get silence. At the time when I needed to make sense of my feelings and sexuality, I was instead offered repression, depression and self-hatred. Compulsory heterosexuality is not a gun to the head. It's not that kind of coercion and oppression. It's more of a gun to the heart that most straight people don't see. They don't see the economic, social, legal, political and medical punishments for being anything other than straight. Nobody understands the pressure to be straight unless you are not. I am queer in the head. What I have learnt in my many years in the system is that psychiatry does not love queerness. It has never loved me, and it has never loved the many generations of queer people before me. It has institutionalised, lobotomised, castrated, over-medicated, aversion therapy, pathologised, ECT, the head, electroshocked, the genitals of people it deems sick, punishment couched as treatment. There was a time when being queer was illegal, seen as sinful, treated as an illness, judge, church, doctor standing against you, and then they wonder why some queer people hate themselves. Shame is a beautiful lesson to learn as a human being. It does wonders for the soul. It gives you a loneliness that might break you. I inhabit an intersection of many things to be hated for. In part, it helped me find my madness. But then I found creativity, and that saved my soul and helped me write my own story. Psychiatry was and is not interested in my story. Almost everyone in the mental health system travels in it in silence, only allowed to speak with a silencer's words. They are not given the right to use their own language to describe their experiences and lives. I learnt to shout my story, but I wanted to find more stories. I looked in the archives there. There are now queer voices in the dark shouting, I am okay as I am. I am allowed to love and be loved. 
The first research in ha- into homosexuality I found was in 1850. Then it became a sickness rather than a sin, with lines like the folds of the anus obliterated as indicators of how to spot a homosexual. There was even a strange belief that gay men couldn't whistle. I did find sparks of defiance here and there. In the file of H64-01-003, there was a line in the hospital record that went, For the past year, his life has been continually punctuated by long visits, sometimes for weeks on end to a West End flat kept for the entertainment of perverts. He will remain there in a state of drunken bliss, arrayed in feminine clothes and adornments. But what mostly you will find is silence and pathologised hearts. The old versions of the DSM, the Psychiatrist Bible, list homosexuality at the top of their list of sexual deviations. I also found cassette tapes of a conference by the National Association for the Research and Therapy of Homosexuality in the US. 240 mental health professionals were there to take on the problem of homosexuality. The first part of the conference, they used terms like wholesale anal infections and the future welfare of society and threat to nation. The word threat is repeated many times over the course of the conference. Speakers talk about the false propaganda, LGBT indoctrination and the gay agenda. Brainwashing the masses into thinking gay is okay and that the masses ignore the science. But not once did anywhere in the conference does anyone talk or say what the science is. They say gays are responsible for transgenerational death. They say women are being indoctrinated into being lesbian avengers. I would have loved to be a part of that party. They say you suffer from homosexuality. They are not doing this because of their homophobia, but only out of concern for the LGBT people who are unhappy. Language to assert power and belittle their opponents. For example, they have professionalism, clinical judgment, been in the trenches and are brave. Their gay opponents, however, are guilty of social engineering and political correctness, misinformation, deviance. Gays want to be seen as people, unethical. They say psychiatry departs from science when it excludes homosexuality from the DSM in 1973. When was the DSM ever scientific? The DSM was only ever a bunch of white men sitting around a table voting on what was in their eyes mental illness and what wasn't. They say gay men fear vaginas engulfing them. There were also quite a few interesting people who talked at this conference. And forgive me for the pronunciations of these names because I don't know how to pronounce them. But George Schoenwalk, he said Africans were fortunate to be sold as slaves. And Socrates, he was married four times. When one of his sons came out as gay to him, he put a gun to his own head and said, his son, you can't do this to me. He had said homosexuality was caused in part due to a weak or rejecting father. They don't ever talk about irony in psychiatry. In the 1950s and 60s, there was aversion therapy or shock therapy for gay people. Aversion therapy was a process where gay patients were exposed to sexualized images of people of the same sex while simultaneously being subjected to drugs that made them vomit and shit themselves. There is a voice in the archive from the BBC radio program All in the Mind, a man from Liverpool called Peter. He talks about being locked in a windowless cell and whilst being shown pictures of naked men felt like he was being tortured when he was given an injection to induce vomiting and lack of bowel movement. The whole thing terrified him, but he came out of the treatment still gay, which puzzled him because he said, no one wanted to be straighter than me. It was mostly done to gay men, but some lesbians were inflicted with aversion therapy too. This was a a quote from one of the lesbians. The psychiatrist told my parents about me being a lesbian, and against my will, my mother signed a consent form for aversion therapy in the hospital. For the next six weeks, I was given injections to induce vomiting and electric shocks when pictures of women came up on the screen. 
I was made physically ill at the sight of women doing anything. For three months I felt terrible. It put me off women. I could not face being anywhere near them. What it didn't do was make me like men. They did depart from the chemical therapy because it was messy, literally full of vomit, piss and shit, and decided on electroshocking the person's genitals as it was more convenient for the mental health staff. How considerate of them. Moved to the early 70s and one study expected to find there would be physiological differences between straight and gay women. They found no differences. One of the women who was a specimen said, We were all assembled in some hall at some medical centre in Bloomsbury and we were asked to strip off. I think well, maybe we were allowed to keep our knickers, I'm not sure. It was all extremely embarrassing and somebody remarked that it was the most uninhibited party they've ever been to. We also had to bring along a 24-hour specimen of urine and they took pictures of us and they measured us and they took buckle smears, which is buckle being the inside of the cheek. It took about an hour and a half and also I think as far as I can remember we all took psychological tests answering some questionnaire and then we all dressed up and went home. From the same study, the researchers were keen to stress the women's bohemianism, neuroticism and difference. Significantly, the shared joke centres on the group of undressing, highlighting the irony that the experts have innocently asked a group of lesbian women to take off their clothes in front of other women. The history of psychiatry has pathologised being gay. Rorschach test. The inkblot test aimed to be a psychological test where patients were required to project perceptions and meaning onto these shapes and the expert would analyse these observations. Evelyn Hooker, a psychologist in the 1950s, wanted to use psychiatric tests, including the inkblot test, to see if experts could differentiate the straight from the gay. They couldn't. These Rorschach tests, these inkblot tests, they look like butterflies, don't they? We don't want to be pinned down, our wings owned by others. Let us be free. The cocoon the world offers us is made of nails, concrete and broken glass. Let us go. Let us be free. So that was my talk. It's no accident I call my project Birdsong from Inobservable Worlds because we don't hear the birdsong in our patient notes. So here I am, adding some.
psychiatry has used many questionable methods to diagnose pathology, one of them being the Rorschach test. This ink blot test aimed to be a psychological test that used 